Awesome, man. I'm really excited to see everybody here today and all the first time or second time or third time guests we have, man. We're pumped that you guys have come back and joined us again. And so thank you for coming. And uh, it's a great day. We're celebrating Harold's baptism and some other baptisms that are going to happen later. And so we're really excited. But this is the second week. If you didn't see the first week, uh, I'd love for you to go back and catch up because it's very important and it builds on each other. This is the second week of Desperate House Lives. I messed it up last week and said, wives, we're not doing the TV show. We're doing Desperate House Lives. And here's the truth. Like some of y'all, raise your, just show of hands, how many of y'all were kind of stuck in your house for a couple of days this week? Show of hands. So that's almost all of us, right? And how many of you have kids if you were stuck in the house? And so how many of y'all are so freaking excited to get out of the house, right? Because holy moose, it was, I love my kids. They're so awesome. Oh my gosh, I was losing my mind. I was looking at Leah like halfway through the day Thursday, like if I don't get out of this house, I'm fixing to lose my mind up in here, up in here. So anyway, I was, I was ready to go. But uh, we really are excited about this series. And today specifically, today specifically, I'm so pumped that you guys have come because I'm telling you, telling you if you'll listen if you'll listen to today's principles even if you say you know what pastor mark i'm not a christian i'm kind of weirded out by the whole christian thing i'm not sure if i'm down with that that's okay that's okay our our hope our hope and prayer is that you'll understand the truth of jesus maybe by the end of the day but even if you walk out of here and don't have that if you'll live by this principle your life will be better i promise i promise your life will be better and it's the principle of mutual submission mutual submission and, and it bases on last week. So last week, just as a review, this, this is what we kind of went over. Husbands, love your wives. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Children, obey your parents. And fathers, don't provoke your kids to anger. And that's basically the principles we live by, right? And, and, and so the goal is to live that way, but it's ideal. And it's so hard to live that way. Like, here's an ideal. Till death do us part. Right? Because we say that, or at the end of it now, it's still as long as we both shall live. Till death do us part. And so if you're married, that's the goal, right? That's an ideal. We hope that we can do that. But for so many people, you're like, no, my life's screwed up. I can't do that anymore because I can't be, I can't be till death do us part with the person that I married. But that's okay because God came and he died on the cross for you. And he paid the price for you not meeting up to the ideals. But today, when we leave here, we want to live toward the ideal. And not say, you know what real life says? I can just live with whoever I want to live with. I can just do whatever I want to do. No, God gives us principles to go by. And the principle today is a principle. I'm telling y'all, this is a game changer. This is the game changing, burning question that we're all going to ask. And it's based on, it's based on Ephesians chapter five, verse 21. So just a second, I'm gonna get Zach to put it up. Ephesians chapter five, verse 21. And and this is the question I want to go with. It says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ and further Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the passages under that because it specifically talks about men and women, husbands and wives. But we're going to specifically go into men and women because some of y'all aren't even married. And I think there's principles that we can go with dead on just to men, dead on just to women. But this specifically and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And when you read that, it's kind of you kind of got to take a step back because you say this, you know, Mark, I thought that. Like, wives were so supposed to submit to husbands, right? But, but this kind of makes it sound like we're supposed to submit to one another. Really? <laughs> That's really what it sounds like, isn't it? That's good. Yeah, cause, and, and so, like, is my role lesser as, as the husband or as the father? And I, I want you all to get this and make sure you understand this. This has nothing to do with roles. This has nothing to do with roles. Like, Jesus, his role is the top, right? He sits on the right hand of God. He's the big daddy. He's as high as you can get. 
And yet he lived this principle out. And here's the burning question. If you have your notes, I want you to take it out right now. I want you to write this down. If you've never taken a note before, I want you to write this one down because this will change your business. This will change your neighborhood. This will change your relationship with family members that are crazy, right? This will change your house if you'll live by this, this principle. If you'll live by this principle, this will change everything in your life. And I think this is the question that changes everything. It's the question of, of mutual submission. What can I do to help? What can I do to help? Like, I really think this is the question that we don't do ever. And here's why. Y'all watch this. Mutual submission. My typical day, well, let me just start with this. I am probably the most selfish person I've ever met. I, like, I don't, I would, y'all might say, you, you don't know me. I'd put you to the test because I'm selfish. And what I mean by that is I want to get stuff for me. And like, this is the picture that I had go through my mind this morning. How many kids do you know that are like seven or eight or nine years old? And they're like, I can't wait to see what my brother opens on Christmas, right? Who does that, right? Christmas Eve, you're not staying up at night hoping, I can't wait to see what my best friend gets or my brother. No, you're ready to get yours, right? Am I right? That is not the picture of mutual submission. That is, I want mine. And you know what? We grow up and we're 35, 40 25 years old and guess what we can't wait to get ours right and and so we try to put it off we try to push it back we try to make people not believe that about ourselves but the truth is when I watch you live or more importantly when Leah watches me live at home we show whether we believe this principle or not by the way we live and this is the picture I want you to look at if you're married and if you're not married this this really works for you so stay with me but if you're married we we always talk about starting in Genesis right I read it last week, and then Matthew 19, and then Ephesians 5, the two shall become one flesh. And so often we're like, how does that happen? I think it happens by mutual submission, by, by what can I do to help? Because this is what it looks like. So often, like the wife, I'm not picking on husbands, but I am a little bit, so just stay with me. But so often the wife, she's, she's the one that cooks and cleans and does everything. And the husband gets home, guilty, and sits on his recliner and just is like, I've been working all day, so you, you hook me up. And so the wife's leaning, 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 and the husband's leaning, 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 leaning the wrong way, right? Y'all understand what I'm saying? And there's no what can I do to help from the husband. And like what's so cool is when we start leaning, it seems like we start coming together. And we just assume that because we have sex, right? Because we have sex, well, we've come together. And y'all, that is, if y'all have a crazy sex life, that's like one-tenth of one percent of your marriage life. If you have sex every single day, it's still only one-tenth of one percent of your time together. And so it, that can't be what it looks like. It has to be us coming together and saying, what can I do to help? And this is why it's a game changer. When I walk into the house and Leah's had a rough day and I say, hey, babe, what can I do to help you? You talking to me? Like, was that a joke? Is this a trick question? Is, is there like a multiple choice that you got other questions to ask? Because we never do that, do we? What's for supper? Right? What are we having? I've had a horrible day. Right? I want to know what you want. What you going to do for me? And then, how about the teenagers in here? There's teenagers. How about, how about you guys? When was the last time you, your parents came home, you could tell they were stressed out, and you walked in and said, hey, mom, what can I do to help? That's a game changer. I'm telling y'all right now, parents would have heart attacks, and we would have issues in hospitals all over the country if, if teenagers would look and say, hey, mom, what can I do to help you? They'd be like, oh, my gosh, 90. And they fall out, right? Y'all with me? Right? I mean, like, even the five-year-old, if she came in and said, Mommy, and she does this every once in a while, she's sweet, wants to help, but then it's more of a mess, so whatever. But, like, what if they came in and really in their, in their attitude it was, what can I do to help? So, so this is, I, I'm, I got a crazy mind, but just stay with me. 
Like my dream is to walk in my house and see my wife in lingerie when I walk in the door, right? Is anybody with me? Someone say amen when y'all know what I'm talking about because that's what some of y'all want too. So you walk in the house, you're like, yes, dudes, let me help you. This is free. If you have a vacuum cleaner in your hand and, and your wife walks in the house, that's you in lingerie and it's fixing to get crazy, okay? That is called chore play. This is free chore play. Y'all write that down. Y'all use it. That's free. Listen, you can get it. You can get it if you get it. This is called what can I do to help? It's mutual submission. And it's not about me being the leader of my house. This has nothing to do with that. It's me lowering myself. And this is ultimately what it is. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. It's me taking all that I am and leveraging it for all that I can do for her or for my kids or for you guys who are my friends and family. So what can I do in me that I can leverage what I am? My money, my talents, my resources, my time. How can I leverage all of this so that I can build her up where she needs it? Because I know when she needs it, doesn't I? And this is what I'm crazy about. Even though I know she's hurting, I still want her to serve me. That's not how we were made. That's not what God intended for you to do. God intended for me to serve her and for her to serve me and for us to mutually submit to each other and for our house to be built up because of mutual submission to one another. And and Jesus gave us a picture of this. Jesus gave us a beautiful picture of this. What can I do to help? So can you just put yourself in his shoes Can you just put yourself in his shoes? He is sitting on the right hand of God. Creator. The Bible says in John chapter 1 that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made and by him nothing was made that was made. Jesus the creator, the sustainer and everything looks at God the Father and says what can I do to help? And God sends him down to be born of a virgin To live a sinless life. And at the age of 30, start an earthly ministry. And then throughout that ministry, get ridiculed and tortured, yet never sinned. Yet never sinned. And and listen, in the days of Jesus, he was called a rabbi. He was a teacher. And 12 men followed him most directly. And when you had a rabbi, when you had a rabbi, it wasn't like you stood beside him or, or a board meeting where you told him what to do. You had so much submission to him that you wouldn't even walk beside him. They would walk behind their rabbi. They thought so highly of Jesus because he was their teacher and they chose ordinary men to change the world. And yet they put him, I'm telling y'all, they put him on a pedestal. And this is how Jesus changed the game. This is how Jesus changed the game. I believe this was the true foundation, the very beginning of the church. And this story right here that we're going to look at, this is what started it. And this is where I believe Jesus taught us, like all of us, there's not one of us in here. When it's dealing with our company, when it's dealing with our church, this is how Jesus wants us to live. Listen to what this says. If you have your Bibles, John chapter 13, this is Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And this is where I believe he gave us the picture of what can I do to help. So listen to what this says. John chapter 13, starting at verse 4, it says, So he got up from the table, and he took off his robe, and he wrapped the towel around his waist. Can y'all picture it? All the disciples are in there, and they're watching his every word because he's their rabbi. They listen to him. They want to know what he has to say. And then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel he had around them. And when they came to Simon Peter, who was... He's one of my favorites because he's just, he's the dude, you know. He's like the guy that says anything. He reminds me of me, and I just, you want to punch him, and you're an idiot. And then 
whatever. But the truth comes out through Peter. And this is what he says. Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And like everybody else is doing it because they're kind of submissive in their personality type. And then they get the type A crazy Peter. And he's like, bro, do you remember that you're Jesus and I'm Peter? This isn't a good idea. Like, are you, what's wrong with you? And Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless, you, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. So Peter takes a step back and he lets Jesus wash his feet. And he actually says, well, don't wash my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And so he's like, take it a step. I'm, on, I'm a part of you. And Jesus explains to him, no, it's not that. It's a submission thing. And in the times of Jesus, we're about to skip down to verse 12, but in the times of Jesus, feet washing was the lowest thing that you could do. Honestly, you only had your servants and most of the time slaves do this because it was, it was lowly. People didn't, most people, probably 10% or less people even could have sandals on. So they walked around on dirt floors and on the ground and outside with nasty bare feet. And, and so, like, if you ever watch stuff that shows the Roman Empire and stuff, you'll see the slaves at the end of the day come in with a basin and wash the feet of their master. And so for the master to come in and wash the disciples' feet, that, that, that just couldn't happen. And so Peter was the only one that had the guts to step up and say, bro, look at what are you doing? And I know some of you where you sit, you're like, listen, I'm the husband, right? I'm the lead of the house. And this was the part, if y'all were here two weeks ago, right, where I talked about my relationship with my wife. If y'all were here two weeks ago, if you weren't, I'm not going to talk about it today, but I want you to go back and watch it. The very end of excuses. But this is the part that I missed wholeheartedly. Like, this is where God changed me completely. Because I looked and said, you know what? Even though I am the lead of the house, we're going to talk about this next week. Like, that doesn't change, right? I'm I'm still supposed to be the leader of my household spiritually. So that part doesn't change, but what did change is mutual submission where I look and say, no, I'm supposed to serve her. I'm supposed to love her like Jesus loved the church. And I'm supposed to wash her feet and I don't literally wash her feet every day. That'd be weird, weird, but anyway, but I do help, right? Because that's what I'm supposed to do. I do use all that I am to lift her up. I I try to take everything that I am and lift my kids up because that's what we can do. Students, that's what you can do for your families. Business owners, that's what you can do for your employees. Employees, that's what you can do for your owners. You know how many people would lose their minds that own a business if their employees came in and said, hey, boss, what can I do to help? Like you've done your job, but what can I do to help? I want to use all that I am to build you up and help you more. Now, that's how we should live in every way. And that's what Jesus was teaching here. And listen to what he said in verse 12. After washing their feet, He put his robe on again, sat down. Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master nor messenger, more, excuse me, important than the one who sends the message. Now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. So, Heath, come on up. I I want y'all to just see kind of what this looks like. I want y'all to just see kind of what this looks like. Um, Heath is my buddy. Heath does not work for me. Um, Heath has seen his life turn around since he's been at Four Points. Is that right? And, but 
I want y'all to see this. I didn't pick you because of this, but I think it's awesome. But he's, he's got tats, right? And we think that's awesome. I don't have any, but I think it's awesome. Just because he doesn't look like me. And listen, I'm the pastor. But I'm supposed to wash his feet, right? And he's supposed to wash my feet. I'm not going to make you do that. But, but the point is, for me to, to circle him up. And listen, there's people in your life that you know right now. Like you, you're thinking of them right now. That you can think right now that we need to circle up and say, we need to use all that we are to circle them and say, what can I do to help? And this is what it looks like. Mark, you don't have to do that. Mark, you don't have to do that. I, I don't need this. I don't need this, dude. Just, just let me do it. Just let me do it. No, no, I, you don't understand. You don't understand, man. You're the pastor. You don't need to lower yourself to serve. No, that's exactly what I'm supposed to do. And so I take his big old foot, take his sock. The water's cold. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> and I take it and I wash his feet. Your feet are ticklish. And I wash his feet. And I clean it. Some of y'all are like, feet are nasty. That was the point, right? They are nasty. And his feet are clean. He took a shower. Thank you for that, by the way. Right? It wasn't that way in the times of Jesus. Jesus lowered himself. He didn't stand up. He lowered himself below his disciples. And he said, I want you to see the picture of how we can change the world. I want to take your feet and I want to wash your feet. And he washed each one of the feet of the disciples. And he said, now go, Heath, go do likewise. Do what I'm doing, but do it for your wife and do it for your kids and change the world. Don't change the world with your words. People don't care about our words. So many Christians boycott things and hate and they never wash feet. And what if we started washing feet of people? Like what if we, what if we stopped boycotting stupid things? that waste time and make us look foolish. And I'm not saying we close the door for the truth. The truth is the truth, right? We live by the ideals that Christ gave us. But I'm saying that we look at people and we know that they're hurting and we take all that we are and we bring it together and we say, you know what? I'm going to wash this foot of that person because that is how Jesus told us to do it. Listen, that is the foundation of the church, but that is the foundation for your family. That is how your family changes forever. It's not by you being a better leader. No, no, or it is, right? But it's doing this. Hang on one sec. I'm going to dry it. And I believe he, he, he dried it off, each one of their feet. Where's Stevie? She, she's serving. I was going to tell her at least the right foot's not going to stink, but she's not in here. Thank you, dude. Appreciate it. But that that's the picture, right? That's the picture of... That's the picture of mutual submission right there. And can I tell you, I think I was 23 years old. I had been going through the motions. I had been teaching Bible study classes. And I was the world's worst at mutual submission. Like I told you all a couple weeks ago. And God broke my heart. The days, the days in my life where I don't lead that way, in my home, in my relationships with some of you guys, in the church, I am in rebellion against God. Because a strong leader, men, a strong leader, is not what we need more than taking all that you are 
and looking at your family, looking at your family, looking at your family and saying, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? And so I just want to give you a couple examples and then I want to show you how Jesus did it and we'll, we'll be done. Some of you guys in the church, some of you guys in the church have been sitting there for weeks now, for weeks. And you're like, Pastor Mark, what can I do to help? I'm glad you asked. We have, we have so many places we'd love for you to volunteer. Listen to me. Every person in our church that volunteers is washing feet. In every area. Listen, there's people in the nursery right now. I can see babies getting rocked while I'm preaching. I, I know that my son and my daughter in two different rooms are being taken care of. And I'm telling you that no kids are being loved on more in the upstate right now than your kids are. I'm telling you that the people in the parking lot like Bruce Harris was this morning, waving people in. That's serving people. That's loving people. People passing out bulletins. People making coffee. Every single area. Listen, the people that you never see that take out the trash on Friday that do it, volunteer. That is saying, what can I do to help? There are literally things for everybody to do. And, and here's the other thing. If you've been sitting back and saying, I'm not sure if I want to give. This, month, this message has nothing to do with money, but I just want to show you. If you've never given any money, I want you to know that our goal is not to reach 200, but literally see hundreds and hundreds of people come to Christ. And that happens by you taking all that you are and saying, what can I do to help? And giving, giving freely, right? We, we, we use God loves a cheerful giver and say, you know what? I'm going to take all that I am and I'm going to use it for all that I can be through Jesus. And so I'm going to wash feet. And for some of you guys, you should step up in what you're giving. You know in your heart that you're not giving sacrificially or what you should. And you can be used greatly by Jesus through giving. And some of you guys need to, need to step up and do that. And that's the way that you can do more. And so you can do that more through the church. But I'm telling you, this is the principle that can change your life. If you'll do this at home, it's a game changer. And here's why. How many people have you known that have gotten divorced? Let's just start with married people that have gotten divorced. By both leaning in and both saying, what can I do to help? And I'm telling you, the answer is none ever, ever. But, but hear this, and it's not always men. If one is leaning in so hard and the other one's leaning back, eventually they're going to fall down, right? Eventually they're going to fall down and they're going to give up and they're going to throw their hands up. Husbands, if your wife is washing your feet all the time and doing everything, stop. You step up. And wives... If your husbands are stepping up and doing everything they can and trying to serve you and you're backing off and shunning them because of a past thing that happened or whatever, stop. Stop. Lean in. If you're leaning back from your friends, stop. Lean in. Lean in. And Jesus gave us the perfect picture. I'm telling y'all. Jesus gave us the perfect picture and this is my favorite part of the message. Because the reason that I lean into Leah or my kids is honestly because they need it, right? Because they're hurting. And all of you guys in the last few weeks, you've, you've been hurting at times. But none of us, none of us can possibly comprehend what it was like to be God and see the hurt and the need that we all have. See, all of us, every one of us, without exception, and I had this conversation with someone yesterday. I can't believe how far so-and-so has fallen is what someone told me. And what I said to them was, if you knew me, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have that question. All of us are equally, listen, all of us are equally far from God at some point in time until we trust Christ as Savior. 
Because the wages of one sin is death and separation from God for all of eternity. We do not have the right to know God except through Jesus. And so he looked down at our condition and our helplessness and our hopelessness and what we were, which is sinful people that wanted us, right? We did not say these things. We didn't wash each other's feet. We said, what's in it for me? And everything that we do, we said, what's in it for me? And this is what Jesus did for us. And this is why it's my favorite part of the message. If you have your, your Bibles, highlight this and go back to it. But this is what Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 8 says. And please don't miss this. Anybody that knows Jesus or doesn't, please don't miss this because this is my favorite part. I want you to just picture what it was like to be Jesus and him lean in, right? And say, what can I do to help? Because this is it. This is it right here. When we, that's, that's you and me, when all of us were utterly helpless, when we were utterly helpless, you remember that time in your life? Because if you don't, if you don't remember the time you were utterly helpless, you had no hope because of your sinful condition and because of, of what you were, then you probably have never trusted Jesus as Savior. But when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time. At just the right time, Christ came and died for our sins. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who was especially good. Like most people wouldn't die for even a good person. But God demonstrated, or excuse me, God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. That was the New Living Translation. I memorized it, but God demonstrated his love for us that while I was still a sinner, he died for us. But I love verse 6. I love what verse 6 says. When I was utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time for me, a sinner. When I was utterly helpless, Christ came for me. And you know what he did for me? He didn't just die on the cross for my sins. He came to rescue me from me. That is the picture of what can I do to help. That is the picture. And here's the whole dilemma that we have. Here's the tension and the burning question that we have is, have I received that? Because here's how you know you've received it. I believe in all my heart that people that have received Christ, they ask, what can I do to help? Because they've received the help in their lives and they say, in turn, I must help others. See, it's not a, I get it and I keep it for myself and I don't want anyone else to have it. Therefore, I don't think you really had it. Because Jesus said, whatever you've done for the least of these, you've done for me. Well, that's why our vision is to reach the least, the lost, and the lonely. We want to help people. And we don't want to help people so we get a medallion or a medal or get on Channel 4 and people say, man, look how good this church is. We want to do it because that's what God called us to do. But listen to me, if we do all those things and we miss the home, we've missed it. It's got to start in our homes. You know, the thing that I've come to realize is that if I ask you guys to change and I'm not willing to change, we're a mess. It's got to start with me. My home's got to get better because I lean in every day and say, Leah, what can I take off of your plate? And what can I do to lift you up? Take all that I am and wrap it around you and lift you up and help you. College students, that's you. High school students, junior high students, that's you. Ladies, men, everyone, for everything that you do, no matter where you are in your life, 
no matter what it looks like, you can do this and it will change your life. If you look like Jesus, when I was utterly hopeless, when I had no hope whatsoever, at just the right time, he came down and he died for my sins and for your sins. And it's the game changer. Had Christ not done that, do you understand that we would not be here? We would still be utterly hopeless. There is no hope outside of Jesus Christ in this world. And that is the game changer in my life. As he looked down and saw the sinful condition. And the truth that should have happened is Noah's flood should have happened again, right? The flood that happened when he built that big ark, God should have just wiped us all out because we're not good. And Jesus said, no, let me lean in. What can I do to help? And it's the game changer. The way that we can act like Jesus, maybe more than any other, is not by preaching or not by people seeing us, but by looking at the people closest to us and saying, babe, what can I do to help? That's how we can be most like Jesus in my opinion because that's what he did for us by washing each other's feet and saying, boss, hey, I want to take all that I am and I want to change the scenario. What can I do to help? What can I do to help? What can I do to help? So this is the question I want you to ask. First of all, are you utterly hopeless? Because I believe there's people sitting in here right now, if, if you're completely and totally honest with yourself, the truth of the matter is you're hopeless. You're hopeless. And the hopelessness comes from not knowing Christ, not really trusting him as Savior. Well, listen to me. This is what's awesome. When you were utterly hopeless in the condition you're in right this second, he came to rescue you. He leaned in for just you and just me and for all of us. He rescues us with his love. He rescues us because he died the worst death ever and rose from the grave. And he wants a relationship with you. He wants to rescue from that hopelessness right now. The way that you do that is by trusting him as Savior, by giving him everything, by surrendering your heart to him. And we want to give you that opportunity today. And then for everybody else, because I believe a lot of you are saved. Listen, will you leave here different? Because if you didn't get up this morning and look at the people closest to you, and even if you're single, the people that you talk to, the people that you talk to, your kids, your siblings, your parents, if you didn't look at them and say, hey, what can I do to help? What you're doing is, what can you do to help me? And we're so selfish that we're not going to change the game. You can memorize the Bible and not get mutual submission down. You're not going to change the world. Not going to change the world. Will you bow your heads with me? Listen, with every head bowed, I just want to ask you. I just want to ask you, how many of you know that you know that you know you're absolutely certain there's no question in your mind? You've trusted Christ, and here's why we know. Based on the fact that I have fruit in my life that is evidence that I have been saved. The Holy Spirit convicts me when I sin. It's not guilt. It's true Holy Spirit conviction. And I am not hopeless. Therefore, Pastor Mark, I know that I'm saved. If that's you, I just want you to raise your hand as high as you can right now. Raise it as high as you can. Everybody that didn't raise their hand, will you look up at me? Put your hands down. I'm not going to embarrass you, I promise you. If you didn't, just, just make eye contact with me right now. Hey, this is the question that I want to ask for each and every one of you guys that didn't. Will you be bold enough to say, 
I'm tired of being helpless, and I want life change to happen in my life today. We want to give you that opportunity right now. We want to give you that opportunity right now to stand up and say, Pastor Mark, that's me. I want to get saved. I'm only going to give you a couple seconds. I'm only going to give you a few seconds, but I want you to do that right now. If that's you, I just want you to stand up. We have volunteers at the back waiting on you. They want to talk to you one-on-one. And that we want to give you the hope that you can have. It's a free gift of grace that changes the game. Because Christ is leaning in for you. Is there anybody in here that would say, Pastor Mark, that's me. Right now, that's me. That's me. Will everybody look at me? Here's the, the serious question that I want for you. And I want you to answer this for you, not for me. Is how many of you guys can honestly say, Pastor Mark, I've been leaning in. Pastor Mark, I've been leaning in. You can't change anybody else. That's the really frustrating thing. Leah can want me to be different all she wants, but I've got to choose to be different. So the serious question is, will you, will you shed your pride and say, you know what, Pastor Mark, I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to mutually submit. I'm going to, I'm going to do what God called me to do and wash people's feet around me. I'm going to, I'm going to be the man or be the woman that God called me to be so that we can change the world. I want to do that right now. I'm not asking you to stand up. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. In your heart, you will answer this question, but you have to answer it. Will I be the same that I was coming in? Or will I let Jesus do a great work in me and will I be different when I come in? Because I believe if we will say, what can I do to help? We will be like Jesus and we'll change the game. Will you stand with me? God, as we close in worship, I just pray that each one of us that each one of us will honestly look ourselves in the mirror and answer the question, am I trying to do this thing for me and for my glory and to make myself known or to make your great name known? God, I pray that we change the game by asking the question. Every time our wife or our husband texts us, driving down the road, every time someone calls us, every time we have a dealing with a boss, every time we do anything, that we will try to ask, what can I do to help and not what's in it for me? God, help us be more like Jesus so we change the game. We are grateful for everything that you've done for us and we don't deserve it, but God, we lean in toward you. We lean in toward you by praying and by studying scriptures, by doing all those things. We want to to know what we can do to help. God, use us change the world. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Will y'all join us as we worship? One thing, tonight we will not have our, um, we're, we're going to meet next week with our 180 student ministry, and then the week after that we're having a big blowout, so we won't meet this Sunday night, uh, but we will next week, so spread the word. I'm really excited that all of you came, so when you go today, be the church and ask, what can I do to help? Y'all worship with us. Mm-hmm.